Lots of files. Lots and lots of files. What's in these files? Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And this week, we are talking the season two two-parter, The Blessing Way and Operation Paperclip, season three, episode one and two. And um, so The Blessing Way aired September 22nd, 1995. It was written by Chris Carter and directed by R.W. Goodwin. Um, an interesting note I learned while researching this mm-hmm. episode is that this is the start of the X-Files airing on Sundays because it used to oh, air on okay. Fridays, mm-hmm. which isn't a great day to have a TV show because people go out on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And but they were like, they really didn't want to move. They were like, we built this time slot, which is like really fair. Like if you can pull an audience on a slot like Friday, like that's really impressive. And then, and then, and then instead they're like, OK, well, let's like put you on Sunday. Let's put you against like the best of the best of the other networks, too. Mm-hmm. Because they needed to do something like the Fox is young at this point and only been in network for like a couple of years. And so this is their kind of big swing of like getting their big hit show on Sundays to compete with the other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the, the crew, like Chris Carter was not very happy about the move, but <laughs> you know, they moved it. Yeah. Come here. Yes. Why are you, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Hi, Wyatt. Wyatt is our secret ghost third co-host. <laughs> yes. Just lay down. Just lay down. Come on. Just suck. <laughs> For our listeners, why it just knocked Shelby's webcam off her computer? <laughs> like the little shit he is. He always does this. He always does this. It's so annoying. <laughs> Sorry, I have to like readjust my mic stand. <laughs> okay. Wyatt. We are we are back in business. But so yeah. So I've mentioned this. A billion times, but I am going to mention it a billion more times while we're on season three. Mm-hmm. But I am so excited to talk season three. Me like, too. I'm giddy. I love this season so much. Yeah, and it just has me so excited. I'm so amped. I'm. I'm. I love these episodes too. I like. They're genuinely interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of just get into it. Yeah, and I will do my plot summary. Let's so, <laughs> Mulder is missing, presumed dead which leaves Scully to try to piece together the evidence. Instead, she gets put on leave from the FBI, leaving her jobless. She's in her unemployment era. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Uh, Back in New Mexico, Mulder is found barely alive and goes through a spiritual journey and a blessing way chant and lives. Scully is fighting for her life in her own way, being chased around because they think she has the tape, and her avoiding Skinner out of suspicion that he'll kill her. The episode ends with her and Skinner pointing guns at each other, in Mulder's apartment. Meanwhile, Scully's sister, Melissa, walks into Scully's apartment and gets shot. Very sad. It is very sad. Uh, Yeah, so I I think I think the blessing way is like the weaker of the two episodes because it does kind of like, I don't know. I guess I think every time I watch it, sometimes I'll watch it and I'm just into it. I'm just having mm-hmm. a fun time. Sometimes mm-hmm. I watch it and I'm just like, man, like all of like the mysticism and spirituality is really like dragging this episode down because it isn't something the X-Files usually does. Yeah. And I don't know if it totally works, right? Yeah. I think 
I think the blessing way is definitely the weaker of the two episodes. Um, mm. It's like one of those really classic things for me watching the X-Files where like everything that is happening with Scully plot wise, interesting, great, like enthralling. I'm into it. Everything that is happening with Mulder, I do not care. And it could like not not be there or it just like is kind of annoying. Um, like mm-hmm. I I did some research into this episode mostly because I was like, I need to know if this is real. Uh, like how mad at Chris Carter am I going to get basically? And like he did his research. Like he actually spent time with the Navajo tribe. And after they complained about Anasazi. After they complained yes. about Anasazi, to be fair to them um after yeah there was a lot of complaints about anasazi he spent some time with the navajo peoples and came up with this whole ritual thing i still Mm. it still just doesn't sit quite right with me it still feels a bit weird to use the culture in this way especially because he is not of this culture right and neither is Mulder. Mm. well yeah i mean i definitely yeah he at least tried to make it accurate and and even more than that like I think it would be one thing to like write about a culture you're unfamiliar with. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think inherently that's wrong or right. anything. Right. Um, there's a lot of cultural baggage along with that, right? Mm-hmm. And like, specifically with Native Americans too. Right. Yes. 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 Especially and and especially with like them saving an FBI agent's life. Oh, <laughs> why? So it's also like in this episode <laughs> chronologically too. Like the brown people get beat up because of this whole situation. And then then go on to, like, save a white person's life, which is the reason why they had violence acted against them in the first place. Doesn't sit great. Uh, Yeah, I wish they had given, like, Albert Hosting, like, some motivation, like, some reason behind the motivation of helping Mulder. Because, Mm -hmm. like, otherwise, just, like, tell him to kick rocks, like, quite literally. I, yeah, I don't really see, honestly, logically, any reason for them to actually help Mulder. Yeah, and and I think, like, maybe it's a matter of, like, they just had so much going on, they didn't have time. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I feel like so many characters get so many good moments in this episode, and yet Mm -hmm. Albert is just, like, voiceover. Right. And it's just like, this sucks. The voiceover is, like, not great either, right? It's very boring. He keeps calling Mulder a person whose name he knows, like, FBI man, and, like, Scully, another person whose name he knows, FBI woman. I think that's derogatory. Maybe he means FBI woman derogatory. I mean, I hope he means it derogatorily, (laughs) but it just, knowing this is written by Chris Carter, a white man, it just does not come off great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they, they could have done a lot to, mm-hmm. like, actually engage in, like, the culture or even just, like, right. give Albert to something to do other than just, like, saving Mulder's life for, like, an unknown reason, honestly. Right. Right. <laughs> like, if he was, like, you know, I think they p- should pay for what they've done to mm-hmm. you and to, like, tons of other people, including mm-hmm. my own people, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. Like, mm-hmm. if he just had a line like that, like, I think that could have went a long way to, like... Right. It, it still wouldn't feel great, but it would have lessened it a little, I think. It, I agree. It's one of the things where, like, I I don't think it's inherently wrong to write about a culture that is not your own, but you need to do it responsibly. And, like, mm-hmm. the, the X-Files just doesn't do it responsibly mm-hmm. <laughs> most mm-hmm. of the time. If I, I don't want to say if ever, because I'm just not, like, quite sure. But, like, yeah, it just doesn't a lot of really, the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do it very responsibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we start with a voiceover of Albert hosting and. <laughs> So the X Files myth arc app start an episode without a dramatic voiceover challenge. <laughs> Failed this and, one. Uh, <laughs> 
And 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 again, it's it's such a bummer that like Albert has been re- regulated to like voiceover mm-hmm. in like these two episodes. That that's kind of frustrating. But mm-hmm. so the soldiers barge into Albert Hosein's house and <laughs> they're looking for Mulder. And cigarette smoking man's there, and I love the. I want Mulder, and I want those files. Files, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's me. I want Mulder, and I want those files. Every yep. time we turn on the X Files, and so they like definitely they beat up Albert and his son and his grandson, or his grandson had like already been beaten up because mm-hmm. they in Anasazi it ends with them catching him, mm-hmm. and then Scully shows up, and the house is torn up, and they're you know say like the men came, and Eric. The grandson takes Scully to where Mulder was and no longer is because he's dead mm-hmm. or whatever. And she it is with like her just going, Mulder. <laughs> uh, it's it's powerful. That's a great that's a great yeah. So this teaser, meh. I felt yeah. very meh about it. Mm-hmm. Again. And we have the credits. Yeah. The sort of like violence being acted upon people of color to trigger white guilt. Not great. Yeah. So Scully's driving in New Mexico and she gets pulled over by a helicopter. Yes. Very it doesn't get I would beaten up. No, doesn't get beaten up because they're like, we cannot beat up a white woman. <laughs> but also like, God, that'd be so terrifying to be pulled over by a damn helicopter. Right. I would have like driven off the road. <laughs> I know. And so they get the files from the trunk, but she doesn't have the digital tape, which is what they're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my my note here is that I said it was kind of like prescient that like <laughs> there are like government workers, like specifically in the military, um, or like the military is like using the full brunt of like its capabilities against like government agents, right, mm-hmm. to like suppress the truth. But I mean, I also like the state has always done that, so right. I don't know if it was necessarily prescient as much as like <laughs> an observation of a real fact. Yeah. <laughs> But either way, um, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. I think like it's something really I don't I would not go as far to say like revolutionary or anything like that. But there is something really powerful about like the X-Files really saying something very mm-hmm. serious about <laughs> this like government overreach. Right. And I think this is like not it's like something people were aware of. Right. But I think seeing mm-hmm. it on like primetime TV Kind of, yeah. kind of newer, for sure. And so Scully goes back to Washington and is put on mandatory leave of absence without pay. Ugh. Like, at least pay her. Right. And um, Scully's like, oh, Mulder's dead. And Skinner's like, this has been hard on everybody. <laughs> and Scully's, like, full of it. It's just, like, that room of people we, we like, met in Anasazi that seem to be in charge, but they don't really clarify, like, who they are. They, like, must mm-hmm. be, like, F- off, like, professional was that um office of professional management or whatever they're like hr (laughs) type dealio is but so scully leaves and she's like in like i don't know what it would be called like the the foyer of his office because there's like skinner's office and then there's like where his secretary is Mm -hmm. the the lobby of skinner's office (laughs) i guess that's how big up there he is yeah we're millennials we don't have offices uh yeah, it's called an open cop open concept office, sweetie. Look it up. <laughs> I just get to listen to everybody else's chatter all day. <laughs> and so like Skinner follows her out when she leaves and she's pissed and, and she she just says, like, what these people are doing is putting an official stamp on the perpetuation of a lie and they're arguing. And Skinner's just like they're doing their job, like I mean, I don't know what you expected from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yada yada yada. 
And she just, he's just like, you know, like, we just got to, like, let the process work itself out or, or something like that. And she's just mm-hmm. like, with all due respect, sir, I think you overestimate your position in the chain of command. Great line. Yeah, Great she was line. she was so baller for saying that to him. She's so over it, too, like, during this entire scene. Like, she's just mm-hmm. fucking over it. Yeah, she's like, she's pissed. She's like, this mm-hmm. isn't going to do anything. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's right. But then she um she goes to the basement to get the tape, which is like under, like in the, the lap drawer of the desk, taped up under there. But it's gone. Like the case is there, mm-hmm. but the tape itself isn't there. And so she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is like, that's kind of like the first place I think that they would search. Right. Like, why is would you put it in the office? office? <laughs> yeah. And... This is the first, we then cut to New York City, and this is the first, like, actual appearance of, like, what the syndicate is that we've seen. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I've mentioned the syndicate, but, like, this is, like, actually them. Like, we meet the other players. We meet, like, we know Cigarette Smoking Man, and then we meet this new guy, the British dude, whose yeah. name is Will Manicured Man. I mean, they're all just crusty old white dudes. They are. They are. Um, and so they're talking, and we see... Cigarettes hooking man and cigarettes like these man's like, okay, we got the files. It's it's all Gucci. We're good. And it's interesting because it's like like you don't think of him like being lower on the totem pole, like you mm-hmm. to us, like you think he's the top, but like he does kind of answer to other people, which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, he's kind of like a more of a lackey than the rest of them. <laughs> also, they all hate him. <laughs> yeah. I and I wonder too if like maybe like he's the one that does all of the dirty work, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're a bit more removed from some of the dirtier work, so they kind of look down on him whenever like he's the one that's carrying out, you know, yeah. everything. Yeah, I think that's precisely it. Um and then we have a scene where Scully shows up to her mom's house and she walked all the way to her mom's house. Like she took her shoes off to walk, which like, boy, that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think of the handful of times I've made the mistake of like walking around barefoot. Uh, it's always so hot here, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's never like a good time to walk around barefoot. But I also feel like I chose the worst times because every time I do, my feet do get like blistered, like from the heat of the concrete i'm just thinking about like every time i've ever worn heels and immediately <laughs> regretted it because like i get the worst blisters yeah um see i don't so, have that problem because i just never wear heels yeah just it just reminded me of like whenever i would like especially in like high school like at prom or like mm-hmm. whenever i would go to people's weddings i would always have my shoes off by like pretty mm-hmm. like by the halfway <laughs> point like at least like usually it was earlier on in the evening i would just like give up on my shoes um <laughs> so i've been there many times yes and she's crying and her mom hugs her and no, this is actually sweet. this is like a longer scene i watched like the deleted scene mm-hmm. and after this it's like melissa comes in and talks to her and she's just like i can feel that you and Mulder have this energy and i know he's not dead and scully's like i'm mourning here can you leave me alone <laughs> Damn, I wish they would have included that. That would have been really funny. I know. And also, the Melissa's, I I should take a picture and send it too, because she had an incredible outfit. Like, uh, it was incredible. I know. She has like the best this outfit. really long, like, really kind of like straight, long dress. And it was like brown and it like went mm-hmm. almost to like her ankles, but it looked like really sleek, you know? Yeah. She's got great, like, lesbian on Crystal Witch vibes. Exactly. Such a good look for her. Also, I learned this will come up later, but I learned that um, Melinda McGraw. And Nicholas Lee, who plays Crycheck, we're dating at this point. Ew. That's so funny. <laughs> Ew, because he just looks so smarmy. He looks so greasy in these episodes. 
Like, his, watch he, your hair. He, like, he let his hair grow out, and it, it's a look. I kind of like it, though. I mean, he has one of those faces where, like, I get why everyone called him Rat Boy because, like, he's like ob- he's not objectively unattractive, right? He's objectively an attractive mm-hmm. person, but he's just he has one of those faces you just want to punch. I don't know right. what it is. He, it's just like you're, he's got a pretty boy face, and it just looks so punchable. <laughs> he quite literally looks exactly like Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> I see it. I see it. They look the same to me. Yeah. Punchable faces for sure. (laughs) They got that rat demeanor. (laughs) So we cut back to New Mexico and Albert is doing a voiceover and he says like some of the kids saw buzzards. So they went back to where Mulder was and they saw the buzzards up ahead. And I like how they have this shot. They had the shot of the buzzards and like, I guess there are no buzzards or there weren't birds around or, or something because like, mm-hmm. it's very clearly like him CGI'd and like looking at a sky with the buzzards and then yeah. <laughs> host, Albert hosting just Especially with there. The, the restoration, he's like in HD and his background <laughs> is super grainy. It's really yes. funny. <laughs> and Mulder is hiding under some rocks like a lizard. Yeah. And they pull him out, and then they're like, okay, we gotta save him. And so they take the barely alive Mulder to a lodge where they do the Blessing Way uh, chant. Okay, Wyatt's back. (laughs) Okay, this time lay down. Come on, no, lay down. I'll have to cut some of this. Come on, just lay down. Any other cat owners know how long it takes for your cat to settle sometimes. It's like, yeah, he's just like, just settle. Just just lay down. There we go. There we go. Good boy. Here we go, buddy. He's. We'll see what his tail knocks off while we're recording. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, this... I, I wrote, like, last time we offered critiques about, like, some mild critiques about the, like, like indigenous representation. And this is... They really were just, like, cranking it up. <laughs> yeah, it's real annoying. It's, it's kind of a lot. It's like, okay, I give them credit for making sure that this ritual was real. But, like, it is just, mm-hmm. like... The, like, stereotypical, like, Native American mysticism trope, like, turned right. up. It's so annoying. I'm sure there's, like, some, like, I mean, this is, like, their religion, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, like, it's right. important to them. And, I, and like, it is mystical. But, like, yeah, right. you're right. It's just, like, it feels like there's no nuance. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, it, it yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's being utilized in yeah. a, a way that is helpful it feels- for anybody. Yeah, it feels and is from like the romanticized colonizer viewpoint of mm-hmm. of Native American religion and mysticism instead of like from within, and that's why it's very annoying. <laughs> right, and like even within the show's context, this idea that there's like the secret truth or like this is mm-hmm. this like knowledge hidden kind mm-hmm. of like it plays well with that sort of, but like uh, yeah, just yeah, not working for me, but. Mm-mm. I do love they had that um they they flew in at like a sand yeah, artist. That was and gorgeous. It, that does look awesome. Yeah. I, I read I that it took like, them like a day to make or like two days to make. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they made like four in two days. It was wild. Crazy. <laughs> they had to like they had one they like needed to be able to destroy. Yeah. And then they had one like they had a couple other ones that yeah. they had shots of and stuff. So Scully's at her apartment and it's late and there's a knock at the door and it's Rohiki. I know. We love Rohiki. He, sh- he shows up drunk and she's like, how much have you had to drink? And he like literally holds up like one of those like 750 milliliter bottles of Jameson. I think it was. Yeah. It was like a lot. Jesus. I could not Too drink much. that much. <laughs> I would not die. Not that much whiskey. Yeah. 
Jesus. He shows up drunk, but he doesn't harass her because Frodo's like, like, no, I shouldn't have done this. He's just he's he's lost in the sauce quite mm-hmm. literally, and also he's <laughs> suffering a loss <laughs> himself. In that, like Mulder's dead apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> except you cannot kill that man. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Scully makes him some coffee, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. This is when she finds out about Kenatsuna, the thinker, of being murdered, and it's after Mulder was gone. And so Scully's like, "Oh, like maybe." We can connect the ballistics of who killed him to who killed Mulder's father, therefore exonerating Mulder from the murder. Mm-hmm. So then, like, um, kind of j- jumping ahead quite, uh, or jumping ahead quickly to follow that, because this, is, that, this isn't the next scene, but, like, um, Scully goes to the FBI and, like, talks to Skinner about this. And um, he, he just brushes her off because, like, he's being surveilled by a cigarette smoking man mm-hmm. but like scully's just like what the hell like you not gonna look into this and he's like it's fine yeah he's like if don't it matched, they would have called us yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that's kind of where that leads eventually but then we are back more voiceover by albert hosting <laughs> they really just put him always. in a booth gave him like five pages of dialogue and we're like go at it <laughs> but he's talking about like he's doing the blessing way um ceremony and <laughs> It, it's so goofy because, like, they kind of cut in the, the background becomes this like night sky with all the stars, and it's really goofy. But like, it's it kind of floating in space. He's just floating. He's just he's got leaves covering him, and he's on a platform, and he's just he's vibing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but I think at one point, like Albert says something about like Mulder needs to make a choice of whether he wants to be alive or dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, it's that simple. You just got to decide to be alive. <laughs> His soul needs to make the choice. On Easy peasy. It, yeah. Yeah. That's all it takes. <laughs> we do get a deep throat cameo. We do. And I, I do genuinely like think this so will please work. But like it is, it feels very it 90s. Is, it is funny. So like it's very, it's very Shakespearean monologues. Mm-hmm. Like it feels very theatrical. Like it feels like I'm at one of my sister's plays. Um, Because my sister does a lot of Shakespearean acting, and it's just, like, full-on character monologues. I also think Mm -hmm. it's funny that Deep Throat comes to him before his dad, because we know who's number one (laughs) in Mulder's heart. Yes, exactly! Who's his real daddy. (laughs) Yes. And and, and I think at at one point Deep Throat says, like, like the truth is here, but there's no justice. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of an interesting line, because that kind of comes in later, but, like, this idea that, like, it's more than just like knowing the truth. It's about like holding people accountable. Like, what do you do mm-hmm. with that truth? Like, what does the truth mean if it if there's something behind it, right? Yeah. And so he is like, if you just want the truth, like you should just die, I guess. But like, I don't think that's what you want. <laughs> if you want the truth, just go die. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have this scene with Mulder's dad. Mm-hmm. Bill Bill Mulder's here, and I this really cracked me up because. Like the show, like no one is capable of giving a straight answer in the show. Right. And I wrote down this dialogue because it cracked me up. But like, I think Mulder asked what happened to his sister or something. Mm-hmm. And Bill says, the thing that will destroy me, the truth I felt you must never learn is the truth you will find if you are to go forward. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? You could just tell him what you mean, or you could just spend... 20 words to say nothing of all. Yep. (laughs) 
Thanks, Chris Carter. Like, instead of just saying, I feel bad and I've had this weight because I chose you over your sister or chose your sister over you, however that kind of shakes out. Mm-hmm. He, instead of just saying that, he's mm-hmm. just like, the truth that I am afraid that you will find out. <laughs> it's like, good God. <laughs> and this is this is a scene I was talking about earlier with Scully going to the FBI office. And she has to go through the front door mm-hmm. and there's a security guard giving her shit. He's so cute, though. He has such a he crush on her. It's like really he cute, does. like sort of not like quite like flirting, but like to cute back and forth. Yeah, like a fun banter with coworkers that you yeah. like. And she sets off the metal detector and he's just like, oh, this is so sensitive. Like he wa- rubs like he does the wand over her and he doesn't go off. And he's like, it's fine. Just go. Mm-hmm. And she goes to talk to Skinner and they talk about what I mentioned earlier. And then when she goes to leave, um, she's she's in she's intrigued about this metal detector question and so she's like can i go back through it and he's like sure <laughs> he's like yeah sure i guess if you want and she does and she sets it off again and she does the wand again but this time she turns around and right at her neck it goes off and she's really shocked and the guy is too and they're just like weird <laughs> mm-hmm. so then she goes to get it checked out she gets an x-ray and there's a little piece of metal right under her skin Mm-hmm. And she has it removed. And then we cut back to Mulder, and Mulder's back alive. <laughs> he, yeah. He lived, bitch. <laughs> he did. He can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> I, I don't know how he does, but. He's, he, he's a cat. He has nine lives. He has 20 billion lives. He, he really he fucking does, though. Like, he really he has nine lives. It's called being blessed. It's called being cute. It's called being blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and. Then we have like the doctor examining the piece of metal and he's like, well, I know what it looks like, but maybe you should look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a damn computer chip. What yep. the hell? What's going on? And so we have a scene with Scully at, I assume her place. I don't know. It doesn't quite look like her place. It might be I, Melissa's. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's her place because okay. doesn't she call Melissa and then that's why Melissa comes over? Yeah, but that's like later. Yeah. It's like after she comes from Boston, but I don't oh, know. Okay. They're somewhere. Yeah. And she's talking with her sister and Melissa's like, you know what? Like you need to oh. explore your emotions. Is this at her mom's maybe? Uh, possibly. I don't know. Um. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just like really didn't strike me as like her kitchen area that like yeah. Scully has. But mm-hmm. I also like would find it hard to think of like them doing a new set. Right. Like I feel mm-hmm. like they would just have it at Dana Scully's. But Scully, uh, Melissa is like, you know what? You need to confront these like repressed emotions that you have. Like you, something happened to you and you refuse to look into it. And, you know, she's like, you know what? Like it's you're so closed off, like yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Like it's like Mulder never left. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Scully actually does listen to her sister and goes to get regression hypnosed. Mm-hmm. Hypnotized. She kind of like. It's like one of those things where like she doesn't really want to admit that Melissa may be even partially right, but like mm-hmm. she also has that like in the back of her head too. So she kind of like like really not necessarily unwillingly, but like really sort of hesitantly goes to mm-hmm. it because like during the whole thing she looks kind of annoyed and like I get it. I've been there. It's yeah. fine. She's like she's like barely buying into That's it. me when I first <laughs> started going to therapy too, Scully. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so she just she really doesn't have like she kind of talks about some stuff, mm-hmm. but she's not she's not too descriptive about anything, and mm-hmm. she she kind of gets too freaked out. And she's like, "I have to leave. I can't do this." 
Yeah. I thought that was a really good scene of like setting up this idea that like Scully is still really afraid to confront what happened to her. Yeah. I think so. Understandably so too, right? Like it Mm -hmm. is a really like big trauma, but also like something that she doesn't necessarily remember either. So it's kind of like this feeling that something happened and that is wrong, but you can't Mm -hmm. really pin it down with any like observable evidence until, you know, really kind of this computer chip that she found in her neck. (laughs) Yes. Um, so and, and, it, and it kind of plays into later like to very mm-hmm. briefly jump ahead and mention that like in the pa- yeah, in paperclip when Mulder says like the files were abductees and Scully's mm-hmm. like peace I'm not no we're not doing this I'm, yeah. I'm PC now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so yeah so but she returns home and Skinner is leaving her apartment complex and so she's more confused and she's like what the hell is this man doing you know mm-hmm. and we have Mulder uh, up up and and moving and uh, mm-hmm. with the, and he's hanging out with the other navajo men and <laughs> he's just kind of like doing stand-up in this lodge like <laughs> he just keeps making jokes and they laugh <laughs> it's cute yeah i mean that's a word for it yeah <laughs> the the little uh some of the boys got him some sunflower seeds because he kept calling out for them which is such a weird thing to be like i need my sunflower seeds <laughs> yeah but, it's a sweet gesture, yeah. but yeah. It is, it is. And Scully, you know, is, again, fighting for her life. And she's, mm-hmm. like, calling Skinner. And she's like, were you at my apartment? And he's like, no. And she's like, I saw you at my apartment. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, nope, wasn't me. <laughs> again, because he's being monitored by Cigarette Smoking Man. But it is mm-hmm. funny that he's just like, no. <laughs> and... <laughs> This is this is such a funny scene to me of like again we have Mulder like a the bust of Mulder just floating in space talking about something nonsensical. Then, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's a vision he is doing at Scully, I guess. Yeah, was that she before he woke up or after he woke up? I think it was after. It was it... definitely after, but like okay. I yeah, I don't know the chronological. Yeah. Is it's kind of weird. odd. Yeah. It, they should they definitely should have this scene before he woke up for sure. Yeah. It would make way more sense if this was like during his unconsciousness, mm-hmm. during his coma. Yeah. So then we have Bill Mulder's funeral, which Scully goes to, which is very sweet mm-hmm. because Mulder can't go to his own father's funeral. But um yeah, so Scully's there and she she sees Tina Mulder, my enemy. Um Tina is Mulder's mom mm-hmm. and my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like yeah he like just physically can't go to his father's funeral um, right yeah and scully like tells tina she's like i think your son's alive by the way and she's like mm-hmm. oh that's good to know it's like yeah like you care tina <laughs> okay i'll stop being mean to her for like a second no i'll get fine. back to being i'll get back to being mean to her when she shows becca <laughs> and she pisses <laughs> me off again <laughs> but um this is where it's very interesting because a well-manicured man actually, like, talks to Scully, which mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting move for the show that, yeah. like, this, con- this like, he calls it a consortium, but, like, the syndicate is kind of, like, there are different opinions within the syndicate, and mm-hmm. which is, like, understandable, but, like, you always think of this idea, like, they're a monolith, but it really is that, like, just a bunch of dudes doing crimes, and yep. they have different ideas of what crimes they should do. Mm-hmm. And in this one, the well mannequin man says, like, they want to kill you, but I don't think they should. So, by the way, if, just be if anybody you know starts talking and following you and just, like, wanting to meet up with you, you should maybe not do that because they might kill you. Or they might just kill you in your apartment. I don't know. Yeah. 
he, it's it's um it's helpful so you know because it plants the idea in Scully's head like she does need to be more careful but it's also um mm-hmm. not helpful because uh number one way to give someone an anxiety attack is just to be like someone might kill you <laughs> i don't know where or how but you know maybe don't trust anyone who tries to talk to you or feel safe in your home at all right and and he's like killing you is an unnecessary risk you know mm-hmm and it is like it doesn't totally. make any sense to kill her. It like I think at this point they still think she has the tape, but like yeah. eventually they don't. They really shouldn't have the tape, and it's just like just leave her alone. Just mm-hmm. like let her do her own thing. But yeah, so like <laughs> she meets up with him, and then, and then Mulder. So so there's a scene of Tina Mulder, and I I think she's at Bill Mulder's house mm-hmm. because she lives in Connecticut, but. They're in Massachusetts right now. They're on mm-hmm. the vineyard. And Mulder shows up. And she's so happy to see him. And um, and he's like, I have some questions for you. And she's like, okay. And he pulls out this picture of his dad with some other people. And you can kind of recognize, like, you can kind of recognize Cigarette Smoking Man. Mm-hmm. And the, I think we see the well-manicured man. But mm-hmm. a lot of the other dudes, we don't really know who they are. And Mulder's father, of course. Mm-hmm. It, this is this is why I hate Tina Mulder because every time like Mulder tries to ask her questions about like his dad's shadowy past, she's always like, "I don't remember. It was Ugh, so long ago. It's so annoying. Why are you asking me about this? It's the oh. past. Oh. I don't really care." And like, and and he's just like, "It's important, mother." And she's just like, "No." She reminds me of someone in my life, and it's highly <laughs> frustrating. Yes, I would. I would just like. I would be so fed up with her. I'd be like, "Will you just give me a straight answer?" For nobody in this family wants to give him a straight answer about mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he Mulder takes a gun and leaves, and that's always good. It's always good to know Mulder is running around with a, a gun. It really gives me a peace of mind. <laughs> so many guns in this episode. <laughs> and then we have a a, a scene where Scully is back in her apartment and this is like right after she had the mm-hmm. interaction with the well manicured man and so melissa calls and she's just like i just had this weird interaction and it's kind of interesting because like the way melissa like is so insistent about like seeing her i i feel mm-hmm. like it doesn't tip scully off but i feel like as the audience i was sort of like this is kind of a weird vibe like is this the person they said that like might kill her you know what i mean yeah to me, i don't know if you had that feeling to me it, I, I mean it it never felt like that was going to be Melissa to me to like right. Melissa's insistence on like seeing Scully and all that stuff to me felt very genuinely like older sister who's like really adamant that like Scully do this. Like it just felt like yeah, overprotective yeah. older sister vibes to me more than mm-hmm. anything else. Like sometimes my sister's really pushy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. But so she's like, okay, I'll come over. And then mm-hmm. Scully gets another like weird call and she's like, wait, 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 like, <laughs> We probably shouldn't be at my apartment. Yeah. So she calls, but like Melissa has already gone. Like she wasted zero time. She's like bolting out the door. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I am the same way. It's like when I say that I'm coming over, I'm coming over. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm already dressed and ready whenever I'm calling you. All I have to do is end this phone call <laughs> and walk out my door. I, I will text while I'm in the car. About to pull out of the spot, right. like I'm, I'm on my way. Right. <laughs> so yeah, but like, Scully calls her sister back, and it's just like, I'll fi- I'll try to catch you on the way, and it's just like, what? You're just gonna like try to see her car like going the other way? Like that's an awful plan. But I guess mm-hmm. it's just how the '90s are. 
<laughs> Not everyone has a cell phone yet. Yeah, didn't call Melissa's beeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then when she goes, when Scully goes to leave, Skinner pulls up and he opens the passenger car door and he says, he says, let's go somewhere we can talk in private. And so they go to Mulder's place and Scully pulls a gun on Skinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Queen. This cracks me out so bad. It is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and and then we have kind of like jumping back and forth and we have uh, Melissa entering Scully's apartment. But there's two men there, Crycheck and another man. Mm-hmm. And they shoot her because they yeah. think it's Scully because they have the same hair-ish. And it's very dark. they're bad hitmen. Yes, they are very bad. They're cigarette smoking men's hitmen. So not good quality as, as we all know. Mm-mm. And then Crycheck's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Wrong, wrong person. Like, Oops. <laughs> Whoops. Let's leave. We gotta go. Yep. <laughs> Oops. Let's get out of here. That's not the right person. <laughs> um. And I will never forgive them for killing her. Yeah. It's Chris, Chris Carter. You will not be saying heaven. It. No. It's like it's a true tragedy. It. It also just it, it didn't need to happen. Melissa was so yes. great, and I love that they call her Missy. Yes. <sighs> I love when families have, like, nicknames only the family uses for people. Yeah, yeah. And then we are back to Scully and Skinner. Mm-hmm. And Skinner says that he has a digital tape. And then Scully hears something outside the door. And so she turns to look at the door. And Skinner takes this opportunity to pull his gun out and point his gun at Scully. These two, I swear. <laughs> and then it says, to be continued. Wow, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. I always forget how plot-heavy these are. Yeah. There's, um... There's like, so I've been reading that Monsters of the Week book, and it's interesting because mm-hmm. it has like two authors. It's like Zach and Emily, and they kind of take turns writing about episodes and stuff. So it's always kind of funny to me when I read like a myth arc episode covered by Zach, where he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, they really need to wrap it up or else it's going to get like too big to handle. Yeah. And <laughs> which I, I get. Like, I mean, yes, it does get too big to handle eventually. It just like becomes so all encompassing and like, large and unwieldy but i think i i take more of like emily's position where she wrote a she wrote specifically about these two episodes she said like because i feel like maybe some of the criticism is that like it's just like this massive conspiracy that like mm-hmm. logically doesn't really make a ton of sense in the fact that like you're giving the government a lot of credit for like being able to manipulate mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this larger scale without being caught and also just like so much going on like kind of incomprehensibly and but with all that being said, she says, like, as long as the plot of the individual episodes, like, makes sense for the most part, mm-hmm. and there are emotional beats for the characters, like, I don't really mind how, like, big and unwieldy the myth art gets. And, like, honestly, I think same. I think these episodes really work for me because they are so much about the characters and there are so many character beats. Mm-hmm. So even the fact that, like, I don't think the plot's hard to follow. I just think that it's a lot to take in. It is. And and that can kind of manifest itself as being hard to follow. But yeah, I definitely I definitely am like, no, like I really like these episodes a lot, even though they are so fast paced. But like that's kind of what I like about them. I like the sort of breakneck pace we take and the the high emotional stakes for both Mulder and Scully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just two ideas of how the myth arc works. That I find <laughs> they're both valid and interesting. Yeah, totally. I also have this little clipping I got from one of my books that kind of cracked me up because he says, uh, so it says, 
And yet, per- paradoxically, it is the it is the remarkable popularity that these conspiracy themed episodes, what Chris Carter calls the mythology, threaten to undermine the show's original premise. The believer, Mulder, and the skeptic Scully investigating individual cases of the paranormal each week from their very different vantage points. It, it was clear that the mythology had become the show's guiding force, leading some of the X Files writers to puzzle how to handle it. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of funny to me that like they aren't wrong, but it's so funny to me because. After the show air, like, at, you know, looking back, the mythology falls apart and the Monster mm-hmm. of the Week episodes are the driving force of the show. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny to me that, like, early on, it was the complete opposite. It was like <laughs> everybody was, like, so entrenched, like, so mystified by the mythology and really liked it. And the Monster of the Week episodes were kind of just there. And, like, there were definitely good ones. But, like, this is the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven seasons later, like, the exact opposite is true. <laughs> Okay, now on to paperclip. <laughs> so Drum paperclip, roll. yes, paperclip aired September 29th, nineteen ninety five. It was written by Chris Carter and directed by Rob Boatman. And the plot of this episode is that we open with Scully and Mulder both pointing their guns at Skinner, but luckily they come to a peace and have Skinner, who has a tape, try to work out a deal while they look into Mulder's father's connection with the syndicate. This leads them to a mining facility in West Virginia with files upon files of medical records of citizens being cataloged in a mountain vault. Meanwhile, Melissa Scully is dying and Maggie Scully is all alone. Skinner is able to use the tape, or a version of it, as leverage to get Mulder and Scully back their jobs without being harmed, but Scully's sister dies. R.I.P. Yeah. So, again, we start the voiceover by Albert Hosting. Mm-hmm. But I think this one's like a little bit more interesting because he is giving us something of substance. He's yeah. talking about he talked about this like Gila monster myth um, mm-hmm. because like he says like you know the holy ones healed Mulder and it reminded them of this Gila monster myth. And I, I also looked it up. I did not realize Gila monsters were real. I, I thought they were mm-hmm. just like Mothman. <laughs> they're like lizards. <laughs> yeah, they're lizards. <laughs> they're venomous too, apparently, mm-hmm. but they're slow. Yeah, and. He tells of a white buffalo being born in the northern plains. So this isn't Navajo. I don't totally know what it is. I kind of assumed it was like Dakota Sioux or something, but it is mm-hmm. another and they don't specify either. Right. Um, but the the cute little albino baby bison. Mm-hmm. So cute. I love bison. And this this is the part I wasn't totally sure the function of this because it's like it says like after the FBI agent was healed. So it's like is this supposed to symbolize something in the story or was it just like, you know what I mean? I think it's literally just supposed to symbolize like Mo- Melissa yeah, was dying like, is this for Melissa? Mulder. <laughs> that's the part I was confused about because like that's really fucked up and I hate that a ton. <laughs> I Same. But I think that's how it was meant because it's like. I think so too. They mentioned earlier that the, the mother isn't doing well. The mother bison isn't doing well. And like, you know, sometimes something has to die so something else can live which i have mixed feelings on that statement to begin with but mm-hmm. yeah i think chris carter meant it like in order for Mulder to be brought back <laughs> someone had to die and for some unknown reason that had to be melissa why why, why couldn't that just be his father right that it makes infinitely more sense like if it was like his father had to die so he could live that would be like, so much I'd- better Yes, because it's like because his father like regrets what he does, and like there's this this interesting notion of like Mulder doing what his father couldn't, and like there's right. so much to play with there of like 
the the guy whose whose dad was like involved in this alien human hybrid stuff mm-hmm. that like then works to destroy it is like really interesting and really compelling and like yeah it gives like purpose to it would give purpose to Mulder's dad's death instead now we just have two purposeless senseless deaths of his dad and Melissa somehow both yes from Mulder. yes and it, it's it's like is he so worth two other people <laughs> debatable <sighs> You can't ask me that <laughs> because we all know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> as much as I love Melissa and her new ageiness, I'm sorry. It would have been fun <laughs> if they killed Mulder and then like the show is just like Melissa and Scully. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so much fun. That would have been cute. That would have been so cute. But yes, I I guess is the white bison Mulder and the mom is melissa or because i don't think the baby dies right just the mom Mm -hmm. just the mom the baby did stop drinking the mother's milk but Mm -hmm. yes very fucked up i think i just have to like can't i can't remember that if i remember it it just makes me too mad it's just it's getting light (laughs) from my memory after we finish recording this i will just be like oh yeah it kind of sucked that she died for no reason that wasn't it wasn't because Mulder had to live (laughs) 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 and then we have the credits and then we return to Mulder. And Scully and Skinner stand up. And I, it is so funny to me that like Mulder breaks into his own apartment, sees Scully have a gun on Skinner, asks no questions, and he's just like, yeah, okay, I will point my gun at Skinner. I don't know why we're doing this, but I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm down. He, he, he trusts her we're so completely. <laughs> he will point a gun at his boss. Oh, absolutely. No hesitation. Yes. And Skinner's like, what's on this tape? And Mulder's like, our government's involvement and knowledge of extraterrestrials. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, they're arguing and, and Skinner's like, I have the tape, but, like, I think we should neg- we could, like, negotiate a deal. And, and you know, Mulder's like, no, I need that tape. Mm-hmm. And and Scully's like, no, I think, I think we need to let him have the tape. <laughs> Scully's like, wait, number one, you're alive. <laughs> number two... <laughs> No, we need to yeah. let him have the tape. And uh, <laughs> but I do love what he's because he has he has Skinner give his gun to Scully and <laughs> and he's like, give her the tape. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, y'all have guns at me, pointed at me. This is my mm-hmm. only leverage. Mm-hmm. And he just like cocks the gun. He's like, give her the tape. <laughs> 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 but they let him keep the tape. Yeah. And. Mulder and Scully have to go investigate things that he says are not on the tape that they have to investigate. His father is what he means. Mm-hmm. And Scully tells Mulder that she went to his father's funeral, which is very sweet of her to do that for him since he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And we have a scene of Scully's mom going to the hospital and she assumes Dana Scully has been shot. And so she asks the doctor mm-hmm. about Dana Scully and he goes, Melissa Scully? And her face is just like, oh my god! It's She's like, that's her, that's her sister. And so she goes. I would also like to notice that this um, was before HIPAA was a thing. <laughs> HIPAA was signed into law like a year later than when this episode <laughs> aired, because like this doctor is just giving away all sorts of personal information about a patient. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And. I wonder who called him, called her and like didn't tell her that it was her sister, right? Like, presumably Maggie gets a call, like there's been a shooting at your daughter's apartment. I guess that's maybe all they told her, but like who called? Like the police, I guess? Probably, I assume. 
But then I feel like the police would have told her it was Melissa. Not necessarily. You know? Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I think maybe they pretty, wouldn't even known. Right. Because like they might not have known it was Melissa and not Dana since it happened at Dana's residence and she was the only right. one there. And if she didn't have like an ID or something, or maybe they right. just assumed. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. Also, like maybe they didn't like, maybe like saying like your daughter has been shot is like the extent of the details that they could give. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know about what the police are allowed to or to not say in an ongoing sort of like assault and eventually murder case but yeah Mm -hmm. the doctor just straight up being like this patient that came in with a gunshot wound and just had brain surgery and it's like whoa that's a lot of (laughs) that's a lot of hip information to just give out to a random stranger dude (laughs) exactly holy crap we have um we have Mulder. Mulder takes the photo he got of his father to the lone gunman Mm-hmm. I love when we see the lone gunman. So happy to see them. Hell yeah. And of course, they immediately were like, let me tell you all about Operation Paperclip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, they know this. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this is where I learned about Operation Paperclip. Um, I don't think I knew about it before. I certainly didn't learn it in school. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I think I saw this episode and I did look into like Operation Paperclip and I was like, whoa, that's so fucked up. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. they basically say like, after the end of World War II, they say that like both the Soviet Union and the US were like, okay, like, how do we get our hands on these like very smart doctors who also were Nazis and like did mm-hmm. a lot of war crimes? Oh, and yeah. so they they brought them over and, you know, gave them high positions and um, mm-hmm. gave them jobs and all that sort of stuff and, and covered them up. And <laughs> seems so bizarre of like the logistics of choosing like which nazi doctor or like nazi scientists were like not so radioactive that like you couldn't just bring them over you know right like who got tried this like (laughs) i do not know yeah i like sort of looked i looked a little bit into like the the nuremberg trial specifically Mm -hmm. like the medical part Mm -hmm. and it was interesting in that like i read this article and it was kind of so like the guy wrote this uh article it was like a historian Mm -hmm. and he was like i need to stress how much i have not trying to defend the nazis right. <laughs> which sounds bad but like he did have a point because he was saying that like so um during the so what they basically what they said was like you did experiments on people like prisoners and it was like unethical as a researcher and also war crimes and like immoral right mm-hmm. that's their logic um the the prosecution of the nuremberg trial mm-hmm. in the defense of the nuremberg trial said okay the u.s government tested vaccines like malaria vaccines on prisoners mm-hmm. and y'all did um tuskegee experiments mm-hmm. like y'all also did experimented stuff. on humans right like you also experimented on humans and so the the historian was like you know like the prosecution really messed up here like this could have been a really interesting and productive way to and i guess it was in some degree of like mm-hmm. well, i don't know was i guess <laughs> depends but like what you could have done is like really set out like the ethics and like mm-hmm. the requirements of experiments and i don't think they really did after i think it was like probably a conversation but i know they did like unethical stuff after this right oh yeah absolutely they the he the henrietta Lacks was after mm-hmm. it was like the 50s right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they took that woman's cells and just were like, oh, we're going to take them. We're not going to ask if you would let us take them. We're just going to take them and do 
take them and keep them and grow them and not give you any credit or ask you for your permission or tell your family or anything. And I say this as someone who has grown HeLa cells in a lab myself. Right. Like it is, it is, it is incredibly messed up. And like, Mm -hmm. it's like they had a point that like the U.S. also did engage in like really awful behavior. And this, (laughs) and I think that's like the, one of the critiques and the problems with like the Nuremberg trial and also kind of generally like <laughs> like it, it is about justice to a degree, but like it also is like, well, if you can't is you can't cover up what you did. Right. Like the problem is less that like I mean, it, it's just like holding the Nazis accountable for like things the U.S. also did that yeah. to this day have not been held accountable for. Right. Like, what they did was wrong, and no one is conflating that, but, like, the U.S. also did bad things. Exactly. And continues to do really bad things. Really bad things, and face no punishment. Yeah, and there's, like, um, the, I think it's the International Criminal Criminal Court. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that they've, they've tried, like, 20-ish people for war crimes or something. All of them are just, like, leaders of African nations, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is, like... <laughs> If you are not going to like try like any military, like any U.S. official in regards to like the Iraq war or like any other mm-hmm. thing, like it is a farce. Like it means right. nothing. Well, and you're doing was, nothing. It was always a farce, too, because even like on the Japanese side of World War Two, they tried a lot of the Japanese military leaders for war crimes, which is fair. They committed a lot of war crimes, mm-hmm. but also uh, government officials that wanted to work with the occupied United States government that took over Japan at the end of the war got off scotch free. Yes. Um, and and same same with like Germany too. I'm pretty sure yeah. like the people left in charge after were like just oh yeah, I yeah. used to be a Nazi. So like one thing I because I was I've been getting into more of like that history because it's just not something that we're taught in school. Mm-hmm. And I found this quote from Shinzo Abe who is the most recent former prime minister of Japan saying that he is conservative. It's Japan has a very conservative government and has for a long time, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> thousands of years. But um, he said that one of the reasons he is conservative is because his grandfather on his mother's side was actually the governor of Manchuria during the second Sino-Japanese war, which took place before and during World War II, and that it ended when World War II ended. Um, mm-hmm. and so he definitely committed war crimes and got arrested <laughs> yeah. at the end of the war and yeah. was set up to go on trial, but then never did. And Perfect. he is conservative because he didn't like people criticizing his war criminal grandfather calling him a war criminal when he absolutely was a war <laughs> yeah. criminal. And they, they the hate conservatives you do that. didn't uh, call him a war criminal. Right. Made it easier for him to swallow his own personal family history, which I think is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it happened all over. And it's so frustrating because like so much of the U.S.'s myth making about mm-hmm. itself and its role in the world war- in World <laughs> War Two ignores all this. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you remember, uh, not, not to get too off topic, but like you remember after like Charlottesville, mm-hmm. I-, I saw like a lot of people like frequently liberals but like i saw a lot of people say things like you know it's an american tradition to punch nazis and it's just like it really isn't no. i'm sorry <laughs> it really isn't the, uh, the american tradition is to expr like bring them to america and pay them to mm-hmm. do the same stuff that we're doing and- in not like germany nazi germany yep and, and even more than that like i read this book i highly um i highly recommend it. it's a really good book but it's called legacy of ashes 
mm-hmm. by I want to say it's Tim Weiner, but it's basically a look at the CIA and like mm-hmm. the CIA's history from post World War II because that's when it was founded. Before then, it was called the OSS, and so it looks at the CIA <laughs> like the very yeah. like the prologue of the book is just like the U.S. government um, went to war against Nazi Germany and like Italy immediately mm-hmm. after war like just paid off the people they were just just years ago like killing <laughs> because they were nazis and they just like were paying them off and immediately worked with the fascists because they wanted to fight uh communist the, the soviet union mm-hmm. they wanted to fight communism so they're like you know these fascists really hate communists they're like virulently anti-communist so they've been great allies right. Right. for our cause right. which isn't to stop fascism it's to, it's stop, to stop communism, communism. yep <laughs> and that's when re- people always ask like why japan got off so kind of scotch-free after the war especially if you compare it to korea which had an established communist movement japan was already anti-communist the japanese imperial mm-hmm. government was already anti-communist so whenever the u.s came in after the war they already had this common en- enemy of communism especially communism on the korean peninsula a former colony of japan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a area that the United States wanted, absolutely, so, and still even occupies. Like the, but or anyway. even like the the U.S.'s behavior in like the '60s in Indonesia, mm-hmm. which also had a huge communist movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it got a lot of the communist movement because the CIA like bungled something and like really embarrassed the like anti-communists <laughs> uh, accidentally, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like they they like helped like the anti-communists in Indonesia kill like millions of like right. Indonesians. Um so yeah, yeah. So just just to dispel that myth, mm-hmm. the US does not have a long history of punching Nazis or be anti-fascist. Um like the and, US government, I should say. Yeah. Like obviously the US people have had a different track record. I mean not universally, but like yeah. it's a lot more We're, nuanced than it's a in diverse, to, like yeah. the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The U- U.S. government, however, punches communists. <laughs> they abs- they absolutely love fascists. <laughs> they hate communists. Uh, and to this day, like, mm-hmm. this isn't ancient history. Like, this mm-hmm. is stuff they're doing today. Like, mm-hmm. the embargo in Cuba keeping mm-hmm. medical supplies during a COVID-19, during a damn pandemic. Like, yep. them embargoing Cuba so they can't do, like, simple medical stuff. Right. And the whole reason that, like, Cuba has such a negative rap in the United States is because it's a communist state and it's a successful mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and because Fidel Castro killed JFK. <laughs> I only have to Shelby, that. Leave it in. <laughs> Don't cut that. Oh, we're good. <laughs> I'm going to go full conspiracy on our bonus episodes. It's just, <laughs> just going to be me, yes. like, incoherently rambling about something for, like, <laughs> for, like for 20 it. minutes. And they're like, I really don't know what she's trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to the damn episode. But they recognize Victor Klimper, who I'm pretty sure isn't a real person. It's probably just... He's based off of another Nazi. Okay, okay. But (laughs) Byers calls him the most evil Nazi. (laughs) That's high praise, I guess. (laughs) Right. That's, that's, That's really excelling in a crowded field. And they say, like, Operation Paperclip was scrapped in the 50s, which is interesting because it's like, yeah, they brought them all over. Like, what, <laughs> like, what are they supposed to do? Like, scrap? Like, did they send them back to Germany? No. <laughs> nope, they got them all. There were <laughs> yeah, no like, more. The, the project has been scrapped, i.e. we finished bringing them all over. <laughs> Completed. <laughs> but the pick is from the 70s, and so it's sort of like, okay, like, 
they have still have an active role in the government, you know. And this is this is where because Frohicky shows up and he's excited to see Boulder again, but he was late because he was like at the hospital because he heard there was a shooting at Scully's residence. I think on the the police scanner. Mm-hmm. I I love that detail of like Frohicky being the kind of person that like listens to the police scanner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And he tells Scully that his her sister is in critical condition. And Scully mm-hmm. immediately is like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going right. to go to the hospital. Right? Totally like, reasonable. Yes. Yeah. And, and Mulder goes after her. And... <laughs> And he says, like, he, like, he stops her and she says, like, that bullet was meant for me. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's one it's one thing to say that, like, Melissa died for Mulder. It's another thing to say, like, she died for Mulder and Scully. Like, that's so yeah. much baggage. It sucks. I hate this. <laughs> but Mulder's like, that's the first place they're going to look for you. And, like, if you want to help her, like, we need to f- hold them responsible. We need to crucify them. And... I don't really like no like I mean I I get his idea but it's like you can't hold these people accountable <laughs> right <laughs> they like literally brought Nazis over and no one has been held accountable like no ever for and, anything like even for minor things like yeah. Dan Snyder or no I don't think his name is Dan Snyder I think that's the Washington uh Rick Snyder Rick Snyder the governor of Michigan that like made Flint switch water or switch water sources and like poison an entire city like where's his account like even for minor things like that like who's mm-hmm. being held accountable like for anything and so <laughs> i guess if it's like he's just trying to help her out by being like let's like giving her some motivation or like something to do like so she doesn't feel useless then that's sweet but if he genuinely believes us i'm like baby no mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a damn fool walder as x would say yep and so we cut back to new york city at the syndicate's clubhouse and <laughs> This is where we like really get more into like the cigarette smoking man, well manicured man beef. Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> he he he's like kind of calling like cigarette smoking man's bluff. He says like because they're like this is this was like a huge mess up. Like you shot an innocent woman and like Melissa Scully. We need and <laughs> and cigarette smoking man's like these men are professionals. This is not a profession for men who make mistakes. I mean, he's right. <laughs> he is right. And he's just like, what about this tape? Do you have this tape? I would like to see this tape. <laughs> so funny. And so it is like, there's there's some there's some friction. There's some tenseness in this club with these these people. And and Cigarette Smoking Man's like, no, 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 I have the tape. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he's just lying. He's like, okay, I'll, now I'm going to get the tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Incredible. It's like I have the tape, I just don't have it on me for security. Yes, reasons. yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually do. I just, you know, classic pop over. Uh, I have your money. It's just, you know. Right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so then Mulder and Scully go to meet Victor Klemper in a greenhouse, and he's growing orchids. Ugh. And it's just this old German man. So sinister. <laughs> and this man is awful. Like mm-hmm. I would like to everything say, he says is so annoying. I like how and. Scully is immediately aggressive with him. Yes, she hates you. Like, like, I hate you. You're a piece of shit, and I hate you. Like from yes. the get go. Like he's he's she, saying like all this stuff about like even about any information <laughs> they could get from him. She just needs to tell him he's a piece of shit. Yeah, like he's he's just like going on and on about like all these brilliant minds, like brilliant brilliant scientific minds. People are gonna remember like Watson and Crick, which like also assholes. Yeah, mostly and, Watson, but yeah. <laughs> And and he's just like, who's gonna remember me? And like, 
Scully's like, history might be the only like justice you get. <laughs> oh, we love her queen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she, I love this line so much where she says, um, or he says, he talks about like the work he did. And she mm-hmm. goes, as a Nazi or for the blood money we paid you? I love her. Ma'am, go queen. off queen. Go off queen. <laughs> get his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also have, have a lot of thoughts and opinions about when he says like, it was worth it for what they learned because like Mm -hmm. that's like really debatable like what Mm -hmm. they learned right because like you i remember growing up like when we talked about like nazis we talked a lot about like well it was really awful it shouldn't have happened but i at the very least maybe we could take this research and make like some sense of their the their suffering and their lives being lost but like so like a lot of the conversation focuses on like the ethics of using nazi research right mm-hmm. but like the more important question that i <laughs> this is this is part of like being a, an adult an american adult is that mm-hmm. like you, you just like look back at all the things you taught they taught you and like you learned your stuff You're like why did no one just say this right like right. why is this being excluded it's being excluded because we had a hand in it right and and also even like they didn't learn anything Mm-mm. like <laughs> I also read this other article and it's just like, why didn't you just say like, also they like didn't learn anything useful like these. It was all for nothing. I mean, yeah, not it, that it was ever for something really. Right, but right. It was all just but like, hate. because it, it's not even like, so, so, okay. So basically there, I read this article from the New Alien Journal of Medicine mm-hmm. looking at specifically like the, the Dachau, what, how do you pronounce it? Dachau, the, anyway, Dachau hypothermia experiments. Mm-hmm. They like dunk people in water. They tried to measure like getting their heat, their mm-hmm. body heat back, right? But like they did such a poor job, like just designing this experiment. Like they didn't factor in like anything really. Like they when they did these experiments, they didn't note like the race, age, sex, like anything like that of the subjects. Like and size, also, like, height, body weight, nothing, or like wow. even their even whether they were clothed or naked. Like even simple things that you can absolutely control for. Mm-hmm. and and like and also all these people were like deeply malnourished right and and so like this is just a poor it, like first of all it's just like a poor scientific experiment, experiment structure design. yeah yes yeah, like <laughs> like because like the whole point of a scientific experiment is that you have you're trying to measure something but you have all these extraneous feet like right you have you to know, design it qualities to get right. data that can be interpreted and useful you can't just do an experiment without controlling certain variables and expect to get data that will tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do, even doing something as simple as like taking their blood pressure, mm-hmm. they didn't bother with. So it, it wasn't even like, it was a poorly designed experiment. And also very, very important to remember that these people were eugenicists. Like they just yeah. genuinely believed that like people, like race was like so genetically different. Like that like mm-hmm. Jewish people in German people were so genetically different that, like, they were almost different species, like, different subspecies. Right. They absolutely believe that. There's no, there's no scientific... No scientific basis or evidence for that. There's whatsoever. no sci- there's no scientific basis there's for none. that. And there's no su- there's nothing to, like, glean from people who believe mm-hmm. this. Whose, like, research and decisions and, like, just, like, the way they do science is so fundamentally flawed Mm-hmm. because of that but like there is nothing to learn from these experiments there is mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing to learn about nope. like hypothermia or how to regain body heat or anything 
from this deeply, deeply, deeply flawed experiment. And I very torture. much doubt this is the only one. So it's just like, yeah. they didn't, we didn't learn anything. Like, okay, sure, like, Werner Ron Brown's, like, rocket. Yes. Like, that is absolutely something. But, like, the human experiments, like, we didn't learn anything. No. They just did them. And, like, we've been lying They're to ourselves. They're just evil. Yeah, and I feel, like, I feel like part of that, like, justification of, like, what we're being told, too, is, like, it's for us. Like, it is for us. It is for us to say that. Because, like, we need to say that we need to believe this because, like, our government has done the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need to believe that, like, there is something value from this awfulness because, like, the U.S. government did, like, the experiments, the Tuskegee experiments where they, like, let men die from syphilis unnecessarily just to see what would happen. <laughs> and it's just, it's so frustrating. Awful. It's just, like. They let black men die from syphilis specifically. Yes. Just to see what would happen. But anyway, this guy is just like lying to himself and Scully and just like pretending like his work has been useful to any (laughs) metric of human civilization, society and knowledge that like he provided some insight. And it's just like, you didn't do anything, buddy. Orchids have never been so sinister. (laughs) Yes, yes. And uh, and so and Mulder's, I think at one point asked him if like his dad was a murderer, and it's just like, baby, your dad was CIA, of course he was, <laughs> right? Like you should just know that, Mulder. But they do actually this 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 dude does give them some helpful advice because he he has the picture and he tells him it was a mining facility in West Virginia, and and then he just mentions, do you know Napier's constant? And Scully's like, of course, because she's mm-hmm. brilliant. Uh, I looked it up and it's some math thing. It's like log. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't care. I don't. <laughs> I don't anyway. care enough either. Yeah. I know. I like opened the Wikipedia page and I was like, no, it's going to be a no for me. <laughs> me too. But then Klimper calls the well manicured man and he tells him Mulder's alive and he tells him they paid him a visit and he says, I didn't tell him anything though. And it's like, you lie. You mm-hmm. lie. But it's a noble lie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So then Mulder and Scully are in West Virginia, just just like so maybe maybe in post in uh, post I can do some soft like take me home country roads because yeah. we're in West Virginia. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, this is such an incredible location. It's mm-hmm. an incredible building. It's really derelict, but like it's huge and it just looks really cool. It does. And they walk up the stairs and they find these big electronic doors and they start entering Napier's constant into them and it's not working. But then they finally find a door that it does work for. And I do love that like right before they go in, Scully like stops and she's like, Mother, wait. She's like, before we go in here, I don't think you've had time to process everything you've been through. Mm-hmm. It's like he hasn't, but like that has no. never stopped him before. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't, but he's a hot mess. He will not confront his trauma. He is going no. head force. This is uh, this is genuinely his idea of addressing trauma. Wow! Like his idea of addressing his idea of addressing trauma is just like let me just like flip over this rock and find out like every awful thing I can. <laughs> and so, so he's just like I'm. I'm good, Scully. Like let's go. <laughs> and. <laughs> We have the scene right after this. We have the scene of Cigarette Smoking Man calling, or Skinner calling Cigarette Smoking Man mm-hmm. into his office. And he's just like trying to work out a deal for the tape. And <laughs> Cigarette Smoking Man is pissed. And it's it's so funny because it is like, this is the first time we've seen Cigarette Smoking Man like genuinely rattled. Mm-hmm. And it's like fun. They should do this mm-hmm. more often. Yeah. It knocks him down a peg, which is way more interesting than having him on this lofty pedestal. 
Exactly. Like this idea that like the people doing the awful like conspiracy stuff is like also is just like <laughs> vain and messy as the rest of us. <laughs> it's fun. Mm-hmm. So Mulder and Scully are in West Virginia. Uh, and and <laughs> so I didn't mention this when we watched Sleepless because I didn't know it until like recently. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they do it in this scene, but I will be looking for this later. But I watched this like bonus inv- material for season two. And Rob Bowman said that for Sleepless, they had this like hallway shot where it was dark and they had these flashlights. And basically what they did is like at certain points they would have like crumpled up aluminum foil. Mm-hmm. And so when they point the flashlight, it would like diffuse light and it would like mm-hmm. be on their faces more, which is so cool. Like I feel like mm-hmm. that's such a cool directing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do love the line of <laughs> the Scully, Mother and Scully, like they, they walk in and there's like so many filing cabinets, like mm-hmm. so many. <laughs> and, and they do. <laughs> It is say where like Scully's like, oh, what's what's in these? A lot of files, lots and lots of files. Mm-hmm. What are in the files? <laughs> it really cracked me up because I think I saw someone post once where they were like, it's the X Files, <laughs> lots and lots of files. What's in what these files? These, what could be these files? The yeah, me me watching the X Files and it's a lot of medical records. And they open one and and um they have like a tissue sample and like birth and death and some like records like that mm-hmm. and and Mulder is like uh, Scully when were you born and so they go and look for Scully and there are some file for Scully it's very creepy mm-hmm. and um and then he he goes to uh, Samantha's uh birth year and name and so Mulder finds Samantha's and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something very peculiar about her record and that he peels the name off and it mm-hmm. says his name under it dun 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 and his birthday very spooky like are they really that hard up for folders you know <laughs> just just use they a really, different one they really yeah but how else is he supposed to know that he was originally supposed to be abducted <laughs> exactly uh there's um there's an alternate universe where Mulder is abducted and samantha like is running doesn't the do any of this. instead <laughs> i would take it Okay, there's two there's two alternate universes. One where she is running the X Files and one where she's not, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, and it's just like Mulder was supposed like what we're supposed to gather from this is that, like Mulder was supposed to be taken because I think mm-hmm. we're sort of supposed to assume that these are abduct uh, abductee files. Right. Right? Like cuz with Scully and Samantha. Mhm. And Again, I just, I love this direction because, like, Mulder hears something, so he runs out, and so he's he's kind of on, like, the catwalk type thing, and there's this big open window um, where it's, it's like, a, a window where there's, like, the panes, so it's not, like, one mm-hmm. huge glass pane. It's, like, individual ones, and they, what they had to do is they had to build, like, a, a truss, like, this, like, contraption with just, like, a ton of lights on it and, like, used a crane to lift it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get the effect of like because what we see is basically a bunch of like some bright lights pointed towards the window and there's a lot of really good direction with like the light being on Mulder's face and then mm-hmm. like I I love the shot where it's the camera's behind Mulder so looking at Mulder's back and then the lights are coming towards us so it's just like bright lights and then Mulder in shadow is so cool. Mm-hmm. And so he runs outside and he sees a big craft. And it's like our first solid look at the craft other than like the there's like a point in a seasonal episode where we see it a little mm-hmm. bit more. But yeah, like it's it's really cool. Yeah. And, and and meanwhile, Scully is looking for Mulder. She sees some people scurrying around and they look creepy. Vaguely children. alien. 
children. <laughs> the alien. The alien children. <laughs> they are creepy. And, <laughs> but it's it's funny because like it's so dark and like Scully drops her flashlight. So there she still mm-hmm. has that plausible deniability that she craves of like, I didn't see anything while there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we also while Scully's like looking at these like alien children. She sees one of them like walk out a door in the back and Mulder sees cars approach while he's outside. So he runs back inside to get Scully. Uh, but like when he runs back inside, they see him and they start shooting at him. And so he's like running around trying not to get shot. <laughs> it's very fun. It's it's very it's very movie like like this is a big action mm-hmm. scenes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like they really make the best of their budget, you know? Yeah, feels very um, especially the like. When we see the craft sword, it feels very like an homage to Close Encounters of the Third Kind with all the lights. Mm-hmm. When did that movie come out? In the 70s. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say, I was a, it might be contemporary with the X-Files. Like, who, no. who's influencing who? <laughs> What's the one that came out? Was it there was one that came out in, like, the aughts or something? Or am I thinking of Signs? I think you're thinking of Signs. Okay, okay. That's fine. I, I don't watch movies, so I'm allowed to, like, be really wrong about them. <laughs> 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 but I, I love when so Mulder like runs in the building to find Scully, gets back into the vault, and I I genuinely love when they just like yell each other's names at each other, like mm-hmm. trying to look each, like just like this bizarre like Marco uh, Polo. In, yes, exactly. <laughs> this like in game of Marco Polo where it's just like Mulder, Scully <laughs> Scully. It, it's 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 so powerful. Mm-hmm. And then we have a scene and they um they actually make it out because Scully follows the alien she saw exit the door. So they get mm-hmm. out the back door. It's perfect. And they drive and they end up in some place called Crager, Maryland. I did not look it up. I do not care where it is. Yeah. They're hiding a Maryland- mountain in the background. Which is funny. <laughs> Maryland ain't even that big. I'm like, I feel like all the cities in Maryland are the same spot to me. Yeah. Yeah. So Skinner drives up to this diner in the middle of nowhere to meet Mulder and Scully. He's he's here mm-hmm. to pick up his problem children. Yep. And this is where Skinner's like, I can exchange the tape for your reinstatement. And Mulder refuses. He's just like, no, like, I need those files. <laughs> and, and, and Skinner just says, like, are they worth your lives? And he's like, well, they're obviously worth killing for. <laughs> And Scully's like very rightfully so. Like Mulder, I need to see my sister. Yeah, this Mulder just has like such a a death drive. Like he's yeah. just he's he's just ready and eager to die for the cause. And Scully is not. He's very much Elizabeth Jennings in that regard. Yeah, it feels Scully weird to say that, but yeah. <laughs> in that regard only. <laughs> Well, they both have killed people, so. <laughs> yeah, but it's different. <laughs> okay. We're not going to get into this again. So. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> but Mulder's like, I need these files. I need he need I, I need to know why they killed my father, what happened to my sister, and what happened to Agent Scully. Those are his three needs. Mm-hmm. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Food, water, shelter. <laughs> why did they kill my father? What happened to my sister? What happened to Scully? Scully. <laughs> Scully's at the top, obviously, because we already know that she's more important than his sister because he already traded his sister for her in a a previous episode. And he couldn't even go to his father's funeral. Why is his father on there? Who knows? 
Yeah, like, why did they kill your father? Obviously, to keep some truth from you. I like, feel like it's pretty obvious why they killed your father, Mulder. Yeah, he's annoying. <laughs> yeah, you don't even like him. <laughs> and yeah, and Scully says, like, I need to see my sister. And mm-hmm. it's very it's very sweet. I, it's it's so emotional, and I think it hits so well. And, and like, even Mulder, like, at, he, he said all this. He said how, like, important it is for him to learn this stuff but then like scully just simply says like i need to see my sister and he's just Mm -hmm. like it's your decision then you know like okay it is so sweet he can be sweet when he wants to be he just doesn't want to be sweet most of the time i know (laughs) and yeah he agrees with whatever her decision is because he loves her and he cares Mm -hmm. for her very deeply and also like Mulder rightfully asked like well what if they don't honor your deal you know like what if they take the tape and just do whatever they want you know and skinner's like well i'll turn state state's evidence and i'll I'll testify against him and he's like he's really laying his life on the line for like Mm -hmm. his children right this this is a really good scene yeah i really like it it's a real like emotional backbone of the episode really Mm -hmm. because because like so much of the episode up to this point was like them going 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 and like they finally sit down (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. the full weight of what has happened to them hits them and they really have to decide like and and scully like says like we are so outside the bounds of legality and we have nothing and we've lost so much and i just can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and Mulder's like okay we have another voiceover by albert and he's he's by melissa's side and he says the white buffalo wasn't doing well and stopped drinking mom's milk and also the mom stopped eating or moving Mm -hmm. or doing anything Again, this very awful idea that like <laughs> Melissa is the sacrifice. A buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's the sacrifice for for Mulder's buffalo or whatever the hell. And Skinner shows up and tells Maggie Scully that Dana Scully sent him. And Maggie's like really pissed. She's just like, mm-hmm. these people keep coming and telling me that like they're here because Scully sent them. And yet Scully's not here. Right. And it's like, yeah, like she's just like, and. She I rightfully mean, wants her daughter to be there. I mean, yeah, as and she like, should be. And it makes sense, like, why Scully can't be there. But, like, mm-hmm. it is, like, it is really frustrating. It, it's, it sucks. It sucks that, like, yeah. she's all by herself, like, watching her daughter die. <laughs> and then her other daughter, like, can't be there, you know? And, and doesn't and, know why I mean, she can't be there. Yeah, she has, like, no information. And, like, that is, like, why Scully had Mulder make the deal. Because it is, mm-hmm. like, I need to get to my mom. I need to get to my sister. Right. <laughs> and then... There's this guy that has been, like, lurking outside Melissa's hospital room the entire time. And Skinner, like, goes to confront him and he follows him to the stairwell. And when he goes to, like, open the door for, like, the next floor, the person behind the door splings it open. <laughs> it is funny. Like, Skinner is such a pimp that it, it did take, like, three people to take him to out. To take him down. I know, right? I was, like, <laughs> first I was, like, oh, this dude's going to try to take on Skinner and he's going to lose. But then, like, Crycheck and the other dude show up and it's, like, ah, oh, okay, like, three dudes on yeah. one. That makes sense. Like, the other guy, like, garrotes him, and so, like, mm-hmm. he's got, like, his hand, so he's got, like, one hand out, and, like, not free, and then Krychek just, like, sucker punches him while, like, his friend holds him, holds Skinner down, and it's just like, mm-hmm. you coward, you rat boy loser. Right. I feel like, I feel like he needs, like, some music. I think, I feel like every time, <laughs> every time Krychek shows up, he needs, like, a theme song. The rat boy um, theme. Yeah, maybe I'll just do, like, that High Hope song, the, like, the <laughs> Pete Buttigieg campaign one. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, so Ratboy takes the tape. Um and and then we have a scene where like Ratboy and his crew are in a car and one of them goes into the convenience store and the other one's like, "Oh, do you need anything? I think I could take a like a beer." And 
Crychek's like, I don't need anything. Uh, he's he he just loves he loves the game. He he doesn't need sustenance. But then like when he leaves, uh, Crychek looks at the clock on the car and it's like flashing um like twelve, like when a clock's mm-hmm. not set. And so he's like, oh, something's up because like I, I think the I think the the gist is mostly like that the electronics are being messed with because there's a bomb in the car. Mm-hmm. And so he gets out and he runs and then the explosion happens and. Um, Nicholas Lee like does all of his own stunts. Oh wow. Which I think is so cool. So like yeah, mm-hmm. that's him running away from like the actual explosion. You said it like almost knocked him over, like with the yeah. force. Yeah. It's a big explosion. It's <laughs> it is not huge. that far away from it when it went off, too. Yeah, I think they had like trouble setting it off, and so he was maybe like closer than he was supposed to be mm-hmm. <laughs> when it finally does go off. But like, yeah, Cryshek is unkillable. You cannot defeat the rat. <laughs> you can yeah. you only seek to contain it. <laughs> And he scurries off. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Yes. <laughs> he's he's got to go back to the drawing board about what he's going to do now. But Crycheck has the tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Mulder and Scully go back to Klimper's um, greenhouse. I don't really know why. I guess like Neither because of I. what they found. But yeah. Um, I think maybe he want, they wanted to get answers about like the files they found. But instead, they find the well-manicured man. And he's just like, hello again, Scully. <laughs> And uh, he tells them about Operation Paperclip and he talks about like mm-hmm. how Operation Paperclip was actually that they were doing, they were using their experiments, the knowledge they gained from the human experiments to do alien human hybrids. And yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I really like it. I, I, I mean, I like this. I, I, I mentioned last time, like the criticism people rightfully have when they kind of blend like real life stuff mm-hmm. like operation paperclip with like fictional stuff like alien human hybrids and this like record system that they say because right. they say like the records are everyone that got the smallpox vaccine took that they tissue took sample. tissue yeah which is like uh, again i don't i don't really like that but it's yeah. also like people willingly give their dna to private companies that the yes. government then subpoenas for the data yeah so it's just really funny now whenever it's just like <laughs> part of this huge conspiracy was that you know they were taking dna samples unknowingly from people but now people just willingly give their dna to yeah. the government yeah and and it's so it's also so interesting because um, I don't know. I think maybe this was the case in the nineties too, but like I feel like current day <laughs> with how many leaks and like information mm-hmm. that gets out that it feels like it shouldn't get out. It just it sort of feels like you couldn't keep this under wraps. Like if no. y'all were actually taking tissue samples, they would have known. <laughs> like yeah, this, also, this would have been ex- yeah. It just like doesn't make a lot of sense. Like how how were they getting tissue samples while giving smallpox vaccinations? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't I make have a no lot of sense for me because, like, you give the inoculation and then you throw away the used needles. So were they just gathering all of the used needles? But then how you had to be really sure that right. there's no cross contamination and that you got everyone's exact sample. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me how they took like what seems to be significant tissue plates uh, samples from everyone. It doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and um. I think the well-manicured man says that they took these samples because they wanted a robust DNA uh, depository because of this fear of uh, annihilation of from like mm-hmm. nuclear weapons and this idea of like being able to recognize people based on DNA. But like mm-hmm. Scully also makes a very fair point that like we were not, I don't think we were there with DNA at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. She says like DNA Absolutely was not. only identified in 1944 mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah, like 
we definitely know a ton more now, but I think there's still like this overestimation of how much we know about like oh, genetics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the well manicure man is saying like these files are vaccination records and Mulder's like they're abductees. So like it is interesting. There is this level of like differing opinion, I guess, to a degree mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least like, I don't know. Mulder still feels like they're not being told the whole secret or the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also the well manicured man also says that like Mulder's sister was taken as insurance because he says his, his Mulder's dad got cold feet. He got he was on this project and he was going to expose it. And so to stop him from exposing it, they kidnapped his sister. Uh, Mm -hmm. is very messed up yeah and he he kind of implies that like samantha was chosen over boulder Mm -hmm. and i am curious i'm like okay so does that mean you're liked more or liked less like (laughs) what is the advantageous position to be in taken or not taken and i think that you know we never really get an answer to that (laughs) spoiler alert but i don't think we ever get an answer to that nope (laughs) i like yeah like what (laughs) okay it's It's just messed up I, I'm going to assume it's bad. I don't know. But like, I feel like Samantha went through so many experiments. Feel that, that feels like it's worse. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I go back and forth. I, yeah. I like the idea that like Mulder's family actually does hate him. But also I don't because it's really sad. Right. Yeah. So we're at the syndicate clubhouse and Cigarette Smoking Man gets a call from Crycheck. And mm-hmm. Crycheck says like, you double crossing son can't of kill, a bitch. Can't kill me, bitch. You can't, you can't kill me. And it's so funny because, like, Cigarette Smoking Man is, like, trying to play it cool because he's in a room with his peers. And he's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. good news. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Thank you for reporting back. Bye. Yeah, and so, like, Crycheck's like, if you even breathe in my direction, I will expose you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, that's great news, honey. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. But but we do, we, we get to uh, the understanding that, like, cigarette, the reason Cigarette Smoking Man tried to kill Crycheck is because he wanted to pin the failure of killing Melissa Scully instead of Dana Scully on him. Mm-hmm. And but then like Cigarette Smoking Man's like, we have the tape. It's okay. They don't have the tape. Crycheck mm-hmm. has the tape and he has gone off the grid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like Cigarette Smoking Man's trying to pace this like he's trying to like pretend like this is a win. He's like, oh, great news everybody. I have the tape for real. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, a Mulder goes back to his mom because he, he desperately needs to know this man. This man has like the trauma equivalent of like picking at scabs. Like mm-hmm. he just can't let things slip. He's like he just goes to his mother's to wake her up. And it's just like, did dad make you choose between me and Samantha? <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, it was so such a long Not time now. ago. I don't remember. <laughs> and then and then. And then she's like, I, and then she at least reveals like, that's why she left his father was when it yeah. happened. So it's like, I do believe yeah. that like, she didn't pick between the two. Cause like, mm-hmm. how could you, right? Like, right. Like that, that, that's understandable. I can see them definitely like fighting over this and then realizing that like, he did end up picking one of them just like. Mm-hmm. utterly breaking the relationship yeah um, she says she said i can't i couldn't choose so your father did it for me and i hated him ever since i still hate him right and it's just like yeah damn uh, understandably it's you tough could just That's... like be open and honest about this information with your child when they ask though no she doesn't remember it was such a long time ago uh, <laughs> uh and then we have 
maybe the crowning achievement of this episode. Skinner's pimp moment. Hell yeah. The moment. The moment. This is this is such a this is a fan favorite. This is mm-hmm. um yeah. So Skinner, Cigarette Smoking Man comes to Skinner, and Cigarette Smoking Man knows Skinner didn't have the tape, but Skinner is still like, okay, so we have our deal, and he's like, You don't have the tape, you can't you you can't bluff me. Mm-hmm. And then but Skinner Skinner reveals that he had Albert Hosting, who he has in his like side office that he brings out. Um, he knows the entire file and mm-hmm. he says that he he says that he um told other people in his tribe and so he's like, you know, you're gonna have to kill like an entire like group of people to to get rid of this, right? Like it's only a phone mm-hmm. call away. And he has the very baller line where he says, like, This is where you pucker up and kiss my ass. Now listen, you, you listen to me, you son of a bitch. King. Incredible. Incredible. You dropped this king. I love I love that we're letting people that aren't Mulder and Scully have big moments. This is yes. so fun. Finally we get Skinner a... or something. Yes. I love Skinner. Like, Skinner gets a dub and mm-hmm. and yeah, like this episode is just like it's so big. It's pulling in all the players. It's introducing mm-hmm. new players to the game. And it just has really great moments. And it's just like a really stellar episode. I love this episode a ton. Yeah. But yes, like Cigarette Swinky Man has never been so owned in his life. <laughs> and and we we have this very triumphant moment. So of course we need to follow it up with a very sad moment. Mm-hmm. And so we have Mulder go to the hospital room Melissa Scully was in, but she's no longer there. And we just see Scully sitting in a chair by an empty bed. And Scully says that like um, her sister went into surgery and the brain uh, damage was more severe than they had hoped. And mm-hmm. she just kind of slipped away. And, and like Mulder is like crouching next to her and he's talking to her. And, and Scully has this very sad moment where she says like she tried to apologize to Melissa before Melissa mm-hmm. died. And she wasn't sure if Melissa knew it. And Mulder's just like, she knows like she 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 knows and it's so sweet this is such a good scene i love it so much but it's so sad it's very sad (laughs) it's like making me really sad thinking about it yeah and and like Mulder's like you know skinner said that you want to come back to work and and she's like yeah i need something to put my back up against Mm -hmm. it's just like oh she's she's getting the Mulder disease for like she's the only thing she has is her work and her work is all consuming Mm -hmm. and it is causing her like severe Trauma. You know, drama and also like death of her own family members, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like she's just been completely sucked in, and like it, it's so interesting because like they are kind of becoming so intertwined and so codependent, mm-hmm. and like and and really just like everything, everything is being taken from them, and so they only have each other really, and there's something really sad, like there's something really sad about that. It's but, like, really sad. I mean, I love it. I love this show. I love their dynamic. And like so much of their dynamic is like them being able to trust each other so completely and just like being Mm -hmm. there for each other. But like, yeah, there is this real sadness and this like real danger of that relationship that like I think I think X-Files fans are sometimes hesitant to (laughs) talk about it because it is like the ship that like everybody likes. and, And and like, yeah, I still think like, I don't know. Scully would have been a lot happier, though, I think, if she had never been assigned to the X-File. Absolutely. But, like, <laughs> not to, like, bring up the Americans again, but it just reminded me a lot about, like, the dynamic of Elizabeth and Philip, because it was, mm-hmm. it is sort of, like, every time they get closer, it's actually more dangerous, because, mm-hmm. like, they love each other so much, but, like, that in and of itself is dangerous, because they stop trusting their, like, 
yep. uh, handlers and stop trusting like their government and <laughs> it just yeah. becomes so dependent and like bro like need each other so much or like you know you know like that so like i think i feel mm-hmm. like mulder and scully have a similar thing we're like totally that codependency is their strength and weakness it is a very much a double-edged sword yeah but the sh- the episode ends with Mulder like pulling scully in to hug her and it's very sweet i love it a lot i love that mm-hmm. uh, a, i love it i will it's be making that the the episode art <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it really is, it's its this, I feel like the emotional stakes of this episode are done really well. Like, mm-hmm. as much as it is frustrating that Melissa Scully was sacrificed for Mulder. Right, <laughs> right. Like, there's a, there's a lot about, like, the emotional stuff that is frustrating, but, like, the actual execution of the emotional arc and the weight of that emotion of, like, them just being tied closer together. Like, they've mm-hmm. lost so much. And... And the only way to make sense of what they've lost is through the X Files, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it's. I think it really works. Like it's, it's great. I love this episode a ton, as I've said like eight billion times. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a good we episode. Will, <laughs> let's let's do our segments, and then we'll do yeah. our little wrap up. So we will start with our Mulder rating. Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder. Mulder. And. I will start. Uh, how annoying was Boulder this episode? I don't think he was annoying at all. And I'm going to give him a three. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think it's very sweet. He was very sweet with Scully. And I feel like he didn't do anything like, like he didn't run off really. I mean, he had already run off and almost died. Right. So, right. <laughs> but yeah. So what's your rating? So um, I've stated that I can't rate him lower than a five and I will stick to my guns and I'll rate him a five. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's mostly, I agree he wasn't really annoying this episode. He didn't run off and be dumb like he normally does. Mm-hmm. But also, like, um, he spent the entire first episode unconscious. So, <laughs> A big win for it. him. So, it, it, you know, it, it, you know, it uh, made it hard for him to be super annoying when he was just floating <laughs> in space. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The annoyingness I, I put on Chris Carter and not on Mulder for the awful voiceover um, that we've already discussed. Um, so, yeah, he gets a yeah. five for me. He was really fine. I think that, like, I think, like, while the scene at the hospital at the end was very sweet, I don't like whenever he was kind of just like, it was fate that Melissa died, Scully. I'm like, that was Mulder, weird. fuck you. <laughs> That, that was um, weird. That did piss me off a little bit. Like uh, I did ignore that. Don't don't tell people that their loved ones die because of fate. Not not great. Um, yes, people die for no reason, but it's not fate. Um. Mm-hmm. That was annoying, but I will say it looks really cute doing it. It looks really cute. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say that earlier. Well, um, I tweeted all of it. You I did. Think, you I think that were, helps. You were tweeting a lot about how when cute I he when was. I tweet about how cute he is, that I don't feel the need to say it on the podcast. But I yeah. will say he does have that like lost puppy look a mm-hmm. lot in this episode. Yeah, it's very cute. It's like yeah. he's at his cutest when he's doing that lost puppy thing, or he has like a very goofy smile. He's like <laughs> made some joke or like said something, and he just has like a goofy grin on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gets a five. Okay, I, I think we're gonna get you below five at one point. I think. I don't know. I yeah. I I think we will. I don't know. I guess if this episode didn't do it, I don't know what it was. I know, right? Well, a nod mythology one that like he's good at, right? Because I think mm-hmm. the mythology is just like right. I don't know. Sometimes more annoying in general. 
I will. Yeah. Say, I, I agree with you. If we were rating Chris Carter, he's at a ten for me. Oh, Chris Carter's at a ten. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. I love this episode. I think he did some really great writing. Also, he's just very. He's very annoying this episode to me. Yep. Yep. It's one of those things <laughs> where it's just like there are parts of this episode that are great, and then there are parts of this episode that remind me that he's the one writing it, mm-hmm. and those are the really annoying parts. Yeah. And next we have Scully's sassiest moment. So uh, this must be the enigmatic agent scully you want to go first yeah i mean her telling off a nazi if you know it's because the nazi he was a nazi or all of the blood money we gave him Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. plus can't beat that that's amazing all of the vitriol she just like hurled at that awful Mm -hmm. fucking nazi Mm -hmm, queen mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i agree a plus she did not even try to hide any of it one second and i love her for it yeah yeah I I agree. Um, that was my first choice, so I'll just go with my mm-hmm. backup, which is, uh, <laughs> with all due respect, sir, yes. I think you overestimate your position in the chain of command. And we forgot to mention, but that like was my backup too. After <laughs> after it, like when she's asking him to test a bullet of mm-hmm. Kinasuna's thing, he throws that line back at her, mm-hmm. and he says, "Like I think you overestimate my." ability in the chain of command <laughs> and it's just like oh come on okay that was pretty good but like she still got on. the w <laughs> yeah yeah that was also a great moment that was my backup for sure mm-hmm. and next we have our 90th moment welcome you've got mail this this honestly like this whole these whole episodes felt really 90s but like mm-hmm. also nothing really stood out necessarily right mm-hmm. There's like one thing to me, and I'm wondering uh-huh. if we're gonna have the same thing. Probably not, because I think to me, honestly, I think what like really stood out the most to me is the outfits. Okay. The outfits, like there's a scene where like um Scully and Melissa are talking and like Scully is just wearing this like I love oversized denim it shirt. Is so good. And then like Melissa just like looks her new agey self, and then like there's another uh when like they're at the mining facility Mulder's mm-hmm. also wearing like a big baggy like button up and he has like rolled up to like mm-hmm. three-fourths of a sleeve type thing and he's got his Timberlands on and like mm-hmm. just their outfits all the outfits in this episode are just like these two episodes are very 90s to me yeah what's yours um mine's the fact that there's a digital tape that all of the data is on because I didn't know what that was <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a different floppy disk. Right. It seems like a big floppy disk. Like, yeah. Like, A, how much data can that digital tape hold? Because it doesn't seem like a lot. And B, I bet it's like, like now, 500 milligrams, uh, 500 like megabytes. Milligrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like now, now it would just be like the equivalent would just be a flash drive, I guess. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought the digital tape is pretty funny because like I'm familiar with floppy disks. Like mm-hmm. in elementary school, we, we are used, that old. We learned how we are. We are old enough to know that the save button on a Word document is a floppy disk and also to have used floppy disks in elementary school. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we had floppy disks at my house full of, you know of files and whatnot but mm-hmm. um yeah i thought the digital tape was pretty funny like i was like that i don't is, know what yeah. this is but sure <laughs> that is a good one mm-hmm. yeah so i think we kind of covered everything we wanted to cover as mm-hmm. far as um i mean why i chose this episode is probably obvious it's a keystone of like the mythology and mm-hmm. i really like the mythology in season three i think it is at its peak it's so good it's so solid it's so interesting mm-hmm you know this this exploration of 
like what the US government has done and trying to make sense of that in some way it's it's like something you feel like you don't see ever on TV and it's just just like well acted incredibly well directed mm-hmm. and well written sometimes <laughs> but like I think I think they get the Aspects. most out of the material right yeah, like I, agree. I think <laughs> I think even the things that frustrate like you know the over dramatic voiceovers or something that usually frustrates me in the mythology but I think this episode kind of uses it to its strength or at least it's not as annoying as it usually is as much as I complained about it it's still kind of I think it's a uninteresting way to tell a story but if you're gonna have to talk about this much stuff in a two-parter then I guess I will take it you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah like you know this high stakes chase um the truth but also the sort of you know, more interesting expo- like exploration of like, well, what would you even do with that truth? Like, what what mm-hmm. does this truth even mean? And yeah, like it just really it really excels. It's it's the mythology at its best to me. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. It's so big, and it kicks off my favorite season of all time. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it's in the conversation for like my favorite season of TV ever, like it mm-hmm. or like the American season four. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, it just hits. It's so good. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to talk about it. And yeah, did you have anything you wanted to add? Oh, not really. I mean, you kind of covered it. It, Yeah, I liked it. Like, it's a good two-parter. It's really interesting, despite all of the things that we already talked about that were frustrating. It does bring to light the actual thing that the United States did that I don't think a lot of people were aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I li- really liked the lone gunman in this episode. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Sad Melissa's dead. That sucks. We barely got her. Yeah, we really we really got screwed. Yeah. It could have been so I, much more Melissa in the series. It's so, yeah, it's so weird. I'm like, I feel like there's this level of, like, they didn't realize how long the show would go on in there. <laughs> I feel like you can't just kill two relatives, so you gotta work your way up. Spider uh, said, nah, fuck it. We're going <laughs> all in. The man was just vibe. He was Kartrek in a mood. is just he was gonna like, murder yeah. everyone's family. Yeah. That's the show. Yeah, because yeah, he really... I, I think it's, like, vague of, like, whether him or the other dude shot Melissa, but <laughs> he really is just like, fuck your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. I uh, I think we covered everything. I, yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard because I have so many thoughts about these episodes. Yeah. Um... I still do think, like, there'll be things where after we finish recording, I'm just like, damn, I really should have brought that up. Yeah. Uh, this will probably be our <laughs> longest episode, honestly. Probably. We are at, like, two hours. <laughs> Over two hours, yeah. I tried this new thing where, like, I try not to rush us because, like, mm-hmm. I can always cut, but I can't add, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I... We're, we're still trying to get the hang of it. I feel like some of the other two-parters, I felt like I was kind of rushing us along when we could have talked about it more, I guess. Mm-hmm. But oh well, uh, it, th- those other two parters were like less important. This is where we're getting to the good shit. Like this, yeah. Is- <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I will. I always have so many thoughts about the show in the episodes, and <laughs> it, yeah. Anyway, I'll just have to live with not getting everything written down that I or spoken <laughs> that I was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so. We hope you like the episodes. Um, If you'd like Mm -hmm. to follow us on Twitter, we are condensedtruthontwitter.com. If you would like to email us, we're condensedtruthpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to email us any questions, maybe we could talk about those at some point. Next time, 
we are talking. What the hell are we talking next time? Um, oh, I know. We are talking season three, episode three, DPO. So we're just going right to the next one. Mm-hmm. A little behind the scenes look is that <laughs> Laura and I and I will like not be recording again for like a month because I'm going out of town for a little. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we will personally not mm-hmm. be watching these episodes for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> but this will be seamless for y'all. We're just trying to pre-record some stuff. Oh, yeah. But time doesn't yeah. exist. It's not real. No, it's it's a mystery when we record because I always forget to tweet about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm trying to keep everybody on their toes. Very, a very mystery, mysterious recording schedule. But I'm excited to talk season three. Uh, we have some like newer guests coming on so that'll be fun uh and we haven't had a new guest in forever you know yeah well we just don't have a lot of friends yeah not a lot of friends that want to be on our podcast yeah i guess if anyone listening like wanted to be on we'd probably be open to having strangers on yeah Yeah, why not um so yeah if you'd like to be on i don't know email me follow me on twitter or whatever but yeah that's it (laughs) that's it that's it the, the the whole enchilada that's the show but we hope you like this episode and if you didn't i would honestly be interested in hearing why i guess i don't know feel free mm-hmm. but yeah we hope you liked the episode we hope you watched it and enjoyed it and we hope you tune in next time yep bye bye